welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 106 tricking out the new turkey hunting shotgun part two and i am your host and the guy who has spent the better part of the last three days on a 32 foot boom lift replacing rotten siding on his chimney have you ever noticed that chimney is one of those words that some people have a hard time saying i've heard several people pronounce it chimney there's other words like that seem to give people a hard time as well like rottweiler and ambulance for me, the word that I have a hard time saying is, well, I can't even really say it. It's, it's spelled A-U-B-U-R-N. So I, I can't really say that, but I have a hard time with it. So we are 132 days, 10 hours, 50 minutes, and 16 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So the birthday is coming gone. I have now crested the hill on what I am sure will be a brief coast to the end of decade number five. So that's a roundabout way of saying that I turned 46 last week, but I'm not sad about it. I seriously don't feel a day over 45, and I don't think I look a day over 63. So there's nothing to be sad about there. Another reason that I'm not sad about the birthday is that as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the show, that I am tricking out or modifying the new shotgun that I bought a couple of months ago with my birthday loot from my family. Now, before I get into the modifications that I made to the gun Sunday night, I want to share an email with you that I received from Jeff Gorzik. And here's what Jeff had to say. Hey, Minnesota hunter, relative rookie, killed one gobbler years ago, started a family now, trying to get back into it in the market for a new 12 gauge appreciated your podcast and then it says in parentheses and really all of your podcasts on the new 870 you bought i would like your opinion on number one are three and a half inch shells necessary number two is camo coloring or tape necessary number three is barrel length critical i.e. could i get away with a 24 inch or 26 inch barrel versus a 28 inch barrel the budget is tight, so I'll be going with a pump. 870 is at the top of the list because I want to do trap, grouse, pheasant as well. I realize there are variations on ballistics with all my questions, but wanted the opinion of a guy who's been around the block a few more times than I have. Jeff, are you trying to say I'm old? 
all right, all right, all right, I'm just playing around. I'm not really that hypersensitive about my age. So Jeff says, thanks and keep up the good work. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for your email. I really appreciate it. It's great to know that you're listening to the show and that you're getting some good info from it. So to answer your questions, the first question, are three and a half inch shells necessary? The answer to that question is no. What is necessary is shooting the shells that put the most pellets in a 10 inch or 12 inch circle at 40 and 50 yards and have the most consistent pattern as well. You want no holes or gaps in the pattern of those shells at those distances at 40 and 50 yards. And you also want to shoot the best performing shells at 20 yards so you can see how well they perform at that distance also. I think it's very important that we shoot our guns at close distances as well because we do end up getting those close shots and we need to know how open or tight our pattern is at 20 yards. Now to carry that answer out a little bit further, I know several people who actually hunt with guns that are chambered to shoot three and a half inch shells, but they only shoot three inch shells out of it because they have found that they get better patterns from their shotgun shells if they shoot three inch shells out of a gun chambered for three and a half inches than they do when they shoot three and a half inch shells out of that same gun. The exact same brand of shell shot through the exact same shotgun, they get better patterns with a three inch shell than the three and a half inch shell. I find that pretty interesting. I actually have never shot a three inch shell out of my 12 gauge that's chambered for three and a half inch to see if it shoots better than the three and a half inch shells. One other thing that I want to say about the differences in the three and a half inch shells and the three inch shells is the number of pellets in those shells. So I'm going to use Winchester Longbeard XR brand shotgun shells for example. So a three and a half inch Winchester Longbeard XR in a number six shot has two ounces of shot in each shell. That's approximately 450 pellets. That same brand of shell, a Winchester Longbeard XR, in a three inch shell, number six shot, has 1.75 ounces of shot, and that's approximately 394 pellets. So you're going to get 56 more pellets by shooting a three and a half inch shell compared to a three inch shell. But the question that you have to ask yourself is, is the added kick that you get by shooting that three and a half inch shell compared to the three inch shell worth it? So I recommend if you buy a gun with three and a half inch chamber, shooting some three inch shells and three and a half inch shells out of it just to see how well it performs for you. Okay, your second question, is camo paint or camo tape necessary on your gun? The short answer to that question is no. Now you all know I'm not going to just stick with the short answer to the question. I do think that it will help to increase your odds of success slightly if your gun is camouflaged. With that said, my 12 gauge gun that you heard me affectionately refer to as Black Death a couple of weeks ago is not camo. It is black. It has a black synthetic stock that has a flat finish to it, so it's not shiny black. And the gun has a matte finish on the barrel, so it does not reflect any direct sunlight that might spook a turkey when you have that little flash of sunlight in his eyes 
Now, I know lots and lots of turkeys have been killed over the years by guns with wooden stocks and shiny blued barrels. But, again, the turkey's got the advantage in the woods, and anything that we can do to even out those odds a little bit is good, and I think we should do it. So, I haven't camoed Black Death, because if I do, well, she won't be Black Death anymore. The name is too good to go and mess that up by camouflaging the gun. My new 20 gauge is going to be camoed. Alright, so question number three. Is barrel length critical? On a rifle, yes. It's critical to accuracy at longer distances. On a shotgun, to an extent, no. Now, I don't know this to be a fact, but I'm pretty sure that if you have a sawed-off shotgun with a 9-inch barrel threaded for an extra full turkey choke, that gun is going to shoot noticeably worse than that same shotgun would with a 26-inch barrel and an extra full turkey choke on it. You're going to get a better pattern from a shotgun with a longer barrel, but, but, with today's incredible chokes that we have available to us, that difference is not worth the extra weight on the gun because of that longer barrel. Plus, the longer barrel seems to hit every tree limb when you're walking through the woods and you've got the gun on your shoulder, and it also makes it more difficult if you have to move your gun when a turkey approaches as well. That extra length is something else for a turkey to see. It's also something else to bump into a vine or a sapling or weeds or anything that may cause movement that would cause that turkey to get spooked and leave town. So to prove how much I believe in the fact that a shorter barrel on a shotgun is just as good as a longer barrel, my new 870 has a 21-inch barrel. Now remember, I want her lean, mean, and light. So that's why I went with the 21-inch barrel version of this gun. So I'm going to tell you don't worry with the longer barrel. Instead, focus on finding the perfect choke for your gun. And you'll be extremely happy with your gun's performance in the turkey woods or when you're grouse hunting or pheasant hunting or shooting trap as well. So Jeff, I hope this helps you. And in the future, please don't hesitate to email me if you have any other questions that you think I might be able to help you with. My email address is andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. Thanks again for your questions. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm never going to claim to be a ballistics expert, but I do love to shoot guns, and I have a little bit of knowledge of shooting sports. Okay, enough of that. So since I've been talking guns the whole episode, I'm going to keep on. So Sunday evening, I spent about 30 minutes making the modifications to my new shotgun after all of my family members left from my birthday party. And I have to say that she looks pretty dang hot. She is solid black right now, slim, light, and ready to go. The choke stock is on, so I got a butt stock and a forend. Those are both installed. I got a sling, and I ended up getting three chokes to start with. Now, I may change these chokes out with some others if I don't like the results that I get from these three. So what I have is a Jeb's choke ported and in a .565 constriction. Now, that's pretty tight for those tungsten steel shot in these shot shells that I have because I'm told that these type shells shoot better and more consistent patterns from a more open choke. 
but I'm going to try them with this choke and see how they perform. I also got the Heavy 13 Turkey Choke Tube that is non-ported and in a .575 constriction. Now this choke is Heavy Shot's brand of choke to shoot Heavy Shot shells with. And I'm guessing that since it is their choke that it's been properly engineered to shoot those Heavy Shot shells, which I just happened to get a box of, thanks to my sister. So I'll be trying those out with that choke as well. And the third choke that I got is a Carlson's screw-in flush mount turkey choke at a .575 constriction. The other two chokes that I got are extended chokes, so they actually extend out of the end of the barrel, whereas the Carlson's, when it's mounted, it is flush with the end of the barrel. Now I wanted to get this third choke in a looser constriction to see what effect, if any, the more open constriction has with that heavier than steel type of shot. But I couldn't find a reasonably priced choke with a .585 to .590 constriction. So I'm going to go with this and try this Carlson's choke out. It was in the $20 range. It wasn't very expensive, so I'm looking to see what that one can do as well. So I'm headed to the range to do some shooting this weekend, and I'm pumped up about that. I've got to make a quick stop at my local printer shop to see if they have any large pieces of scrap paper that I can get from them to use as a target to see how tight the pattern is while I'm at the range. I like to use a very big piece of paper for my target so that I can see where every pellet hits from those shots. I'll be taking my pen, my paper, and my recorder with me to record some of my discoveries while I'm at the range, and I'll be reporting back to you guys next week with my findings. Now, in the meantime, do me two big favors this week, please. Favor number one, take some time and do some real soul searching over the next few days and do some research over the next few days and go vote next Tuesday for the presidential election. Vote for the person that wants to protect your freedoms, your hobbies, your well-being, and your lifestyle. Over the past several years, we have lost many freedoms that we have taken for granted for years, hundreds of years, as a matter of fact. And this election is very important for us because there's a good chance we could lose more of these freedoms. So do some reflecting on it, do some research on the election, and vote for the person that you think is going to protect these freedoms for us. Okay, favor number two. Please like, share, and retweet this episode using your social media accounts for me. That'll really help to spread the word about the show, and I greatly appreciate it. All right, so that's all that I have for you guys this week. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices, and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. 
We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.